And at the same time, honestly, I was like sad and drinking myself into a stupor and my applications probably weren't as good as they could be because um, I was just so lost at the time and no one was hiring me. So it was chaos. It was a mess. When I started Bowbird Marketing at the end of August, it was kind of out of necessity. It was like, <laughs> I don't have a job, but I do have sales and marketing experience. Welcome to Power to Speak, the podcast. I'm Jackie Goddard, and I work with entrepreneurs, leaders, and speakers to make them excited about sharing their thoughts and ideas with an audience. The podcast allows me the privilege to speak with successful creatives, business owners, and thought leaders about the importance of creativity for their work and their life as well as hearing about their unique journeys. I have been inspired, educated and enthused by every person I've interviewed and I hope you will be too. Enjoy. So hello and welcome to the Power to Speak the podcast. My guest today, Ben Albert. Thank you so much for being here, Ben. Jackie, thanks so so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be fun. I don't know where this conversation is going to go. And that's part of the fun of the experience. So really Absolutely. blessed to be here today. Oh, well, let me just introduce you if I if I can, uh, because you have many, many hats, but you are business owner and founder of Balbert Marketing. And you are the host of the podcast, Rochester. Oh, see, I've forgotten already. Yeah. <laughs> Real Business Connections Network. Jackie, that was a fair mistake because Real Business Connections Network started as Rochester Business Connections, a, a show local to my hometown, Rochester, New York. Yeah. Since then, we've rebranded to Real Business Connections. So you were on the right track. You weren't wrong, um, but the new name is Real Business Connections. So, so has that changed then in, in lockdown? How, how, why, why has it changed from sort of that, that localized to a more sort of general Rochester to real? Yeah, well, really simply, and we can go in as deep into this as you'd like, but in November of 2020, during lockdown, um, I started Rochester Business Connections. And I, I had just started my marketing firm. I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. I didn't see myself as a business owner. I really was an unemployed person because I was furloughed during COVID. Um, and I started Rochester Business Connections because I knew that if I was going to start my marketing firm, that I'd be a very small fish in a massive sea of sameness. So instead of trying to go global overnight, I went hyper local so I could network and grow you know, relationships in my local community of Rochester, New York. And then as Rochester Business Connections grew, I eventually started to rebrand, incorporate some um, national speakers and international speakers. And, you know, simply put, changing it from Rochester Business Connections to real business connections was able to uh, for me to position myself in a, a different category and bring on bigger and better guests. I still have a Rochester segment called Rochester Business Connections, but it's only a slice of the pie these days. And I really love my community here in Rochester. So that's how it all got started. Yeah. Well, talking of getting started, I mean, you what you've been through just during the last two years is incredible and what you've, what you've achieved. Tell us a little bit about what happened when lockdown hit and where you were at that point. 
Yeah, so lockdown hits, and at that time, I was a sales rep and executive for a really large marketing firm, um, and life was good. I didn't realize at the time, but I was kind of miserable, Jackie. I was going through a lot of things in my family life, in my spiritual and emotional life, and I wasn't a good fit for the role, so I didn't realize this was all going to happen for me, um, but I was, I was furloughed right at the start of COVID, um, for obvious reasons in my scenario. So we are primarily a video production company and we service um, basically the entire United States. So that's anything from Texas to California to New York, all over the place. Well, guess what happens when COVID hits? There's no travel. There's no in-person meetups. There's no video production or fulfillment. There's no sales. If anything, sales that had been made, um, this wasn't my end of it, but how do you fulfill these the, these promises? It was a very difficult time. So I have no resentment. I was furloughed at that time for obvious reasons. Um, and I was in a dark place, to be honest, Jackie. I My father was an alcoholic. He actually drank his whole life until basically passed away from alcoholism. And... They say it runs in the family sometimes, and I have drank and banned, binge drinked on and off um, for 15 years of my life. I'm not proud of that. So when COVID hit and I went from, you know, school and a job to school and two jobs to two full-time jobs to working 60 to 80 hours a week all the time to working a full-time job in a salary position where I ultimately thought this was where I was taking my career – all of that was stripped away, and like most of us, it was like chaos. I didn't know what to do. Um, uh, my friend Linda Healer always says, do the next best thing in front of your nose, and I like that, you know, next best thing, but what I was doing at that time is the next best thing in front of my nose was a bottle of whiskey, and I picked up some of the things that I had learned in childhood throughout my family, and I started to drink to suppress some of the feelings and the issues I was going through. And I was, I got on LinkedIn. I redid my profile. Um, I hadn't been on LinkedIn in over 10 years. And I've got this great profile. I have all this, you know, experience. And I redid my resume and my cover letter. And I started applying and applying and I applying and applying and applying and applying and applying. And I said applying way too many times, but it was weeks and weeks of it. And at the same time, honestly, I was like sad and drinking myself into a stupor. And my applications probably weren't as good as they could be because um, I was just so lost at the time and no one was hiring me. So it was chaos. It was a mess. When I started Balbert Marketing at the end of August, it was kind of out of necessity. It was like, <laughs> I don't have a job, but I do have sales and marketing experience. I hosted a music podcast from 2016. I actually relaunched it during COVID, so I had hosted that podcast for four to five years. Um, and I've always been a promoter and advocate for small businesses, and I love connecting with people. So I was like, let me just give it a shot. Let me try business ownership because no one's hiring me. And I do have some good skills um, that work. And luckily, I'm blessed to have experience in an online space with digital marketing. So I start a marketing firm. I start a podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. We can talk about what I did. Um, but they say that confidence comes from memories of winning. And each day, just making one step to 
reach out to someone new on LinkedIn, start working on my pricing, start getting on phone calls with potential prospects. Um, randomly, a charter school reached out to me and said, we want you to teach podcasting virtually as an elective to our students. So my first client was a charter school teaching podcasting. It was not expected, but again, it was happening for me because I would have never been able to say yes to that opportunity if I wasn't in that place. And I'll stop there. A lot happened, but I feel like I started to gain confidence with these little steps, these little wins. And nowadays I'm not perfect. I still like to have a drink here or there. I'll have a glass of wine with dinner, but I'm not the man I was two years ago. And I feel like my temperature is only 60 out of 100, but it's only upward from here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and, and still, that's only that's only two years ago. And it just, you know, looking at at what you've you've done and and you've been very um, open with all of your kind of the media, social media posts that I've seen of yours, the your website, you're very open with your story. Do you? Do you think that that's um, a good way for people to go? Because w what I do with people when I'm talking to um, to clients about public speaking, you know, presenting, putting putting a, a talk together, I very much uh, encourage people to be open and to show that sort of vulnerability. But not everybody's up for that. And as a marketer, would you recommend? I mean, it has it worked for you? It seems to me that it has. It has worked with me. Um, you do want to live in alignment with your truth. Um, you can't be fake vulnerable and tell stories that don't exist. But we all have a lifetime worth of stories. And if you tactically utilize the stories, there's two – I don't want to go on a big tangent, but everyone has been on Facebook at some point and heard, uh, read a post to someone, maybe just a brick of text, no paragraphs, and it's just them venting about something out of the blue. And a lot of times they get a lot of backlash. They get negative feedback. They take it down. They look silly. We don't want to do that. We don't want to just vent all our emotions out on the screen or on you know a piece of paper. But once we've taken the time to sit with some of our pain, sit with some of our experiences, maybe journal about them, a big thing for me was doing value exercises where a really simple way to do it that's free and takes little time is Google search long list of values. Start highlighting. A lot of them will resonate with you, but highlight only the best ones. And then after you highlight the best ones, get really, you know, get really conservative and cross half of them out and then get conservative again and look at like ages five to 15 and, and what common narratives, you know, came up again and again in your life. For me, it was a love of joy and fun. It was, um, I was a small kid. I was bullied. I was beat up. We can get into that if you want, but a sense of belonging and connection. And since I was bullied, I always had that like growth obsession and that curiosity that I want to get better and better and better. So I realized today that I had this growth and development mindset. I realize that now. So now that I have these values, you know, two or three on a piece of a piece of paper here, I can look at the stories and the common narratives and how these values have lived themselves out throughout over time. And now I have something to talk about. 
and when I'm vulnerable, it's not just to vent online. Sometimes you need it. I, I, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, Jackie, but I lost my mother seven weeks ago. I'm still grieving, and I'm still – the reason I don't know why I'm – I haven't fully processed it to talk about it in a fashion with, like, a great end. I don't have a great conclusion yet. No. But there's power in thinking through these things, developing the conclusion. So when you post a video, when you create content, you can have your values embedded in it. If you look at all my content, it's all growth, building community, and having fun, and then telling my stories, and then trying to weave in you know, a conclusion, uh, 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 something that you know the reader, listener, et cetera, can take home with them. Um, forget what the actual question was but if <laughs> but if we lean in with vulnerability yeah we know ourselves well enough that we're speaking in alignment with who we are not yeah. who we think other people want us to be other people like us or other people that resonate even with maybe 45 percent, 25 percent of our story even if they only can latch onto a quarter of it we can make an authentic connection with that person so you might repel some people. Some people might be like, that's you overshared. I overtalk sometimes. I'll, I'll be honest with that. I, 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 I could use someone like you to help coach me be a little more <laughs> concise sometimes. But someone might, you might repel someone. They might not like what you have to say, and that's fine. Because like a magnet, you'll repel some people, and you'll attract the kind of people that were meant to be in your life for many different reasons. Maybe they're in direct alignment. They have similar values, a similar story. You can be best friends. Or you're completely different. You're from different walks of life. But you're both intriguing, interesting people. So it's like the yin to the yang that you can benefit each other and maybe be great business partners or at very least good friends. The last thing I want to say is if and when you speak your truth authentically, you actually give other people permission to speak theirs as well. Yeah. You open with permission. Where one, This is one thing about one thing I love about what you're doing here, Jackie, and what you do with this podcast is you give your guests permission to be themselves. Give them permission to speak, to tell their stories. And I really love diving deep. This is why I love podcasting and being a host and being on the other side of the mic is the value that I can learn from having these long-form conversations with brilliant people like yourself. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Not so bad yourself. You. Um, it, it, I, as I say, I talk to people about uh, sharing their vulnerability and, and say exactly as, as you've said, because I think it really um, – we are here as kind of mentors – you know in in a space where there's so much going on there's so much noise that if 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 you kind of see yourself as as the hero if you're the one spouting your story for the sake of spouting your story then you're you're not benefiting anybody you're not helping anybody but if you find those stories that really resonate with other people you're kind of validating and giving as you say giving them permission to be able to to share themselves and I think it's really about owning your story so once you've 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 got it and you you own it it's yours then you can never go wrong this is what I'd say to people when we're putting talks together is they don't need a script because they are talking from their heart they're telling stories that they already know they're using knowledge that is 
in, you know, is already there in the head. So it's, it's, you know, I think we're definitely on, on the same page. But I just wanted to go back to just part of your story there. I, I wondered what was the, the, um, the turning point. So you were furloughed, you were at home, you were drinking too much, you were kind of in this a bit of a dark place. What was it that kind of then made you think, no, I'm, I, did, did the company you were work, working for get rid of you in the end or did you have to resign? Or what was that moment that you sort of, sort of thought, right, now I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to, you know, look after myself and be the best person I can possibly be? Yeah, absolutely. So end of March, maybe it was start of April, I was furloughed. They got rid of me. There wasn't a good place for me. Um, that's where I kind of got in that, that dark place there for literally four or five months before I actually launched my business. I tried a lot of different things, applied for lots of different jobs. I'll slow down a little bit to provide a little bit of context. Um, but well, first 13 years of my life, I barely spoke a word. I was a very quiet kid. Um, and I was a quiet kid and I was not just quiet. I was the shortest kid in school, second shortest person behind a little girl named Olivia Lee. Um, and the funny, the humorous thing is I wanted to feed all odds because I was confident that I was going to be an NBA basketball player. I would watch the Michael Jordans and Scottie Pippins and Vince Carters of the world. And I wanted to be like Mike, but you know, what happens when you're a short, quiet kid, playing basketball you end up kind of getting pushed around and beat up and everybody started to hit a growth spurt I pretty much stayed the exact same height so at a very young age I kind of felt like an outcast like an underdog and when I found the music scene in high school it was actually Brendan Gansmer a friend of mine was my saving grace he introduced me to the music scene he introduced me to music and the entertainment industry and it was so much fun and I was a creative type and I loved hanging out and working with other creative types. When I say working with, I didn't realize it was work, um, but I wasn't the best musician, Jackie, but I was the one setting up like MySpace pages and set, handing out flyers and helping sell merchandise and wearing all the merchandise where basically me and a few friends were blowing up these local bands and helping them get really popular because that's all we would talk about. Now, the reason I slow down to speed up is I found my place in the marketing industry. I'm so blessed that I did because when that furlough happened and when I was let go and when I was in a dark place, really all I did, and I didn't realize I was doing this, I got lucky, Jackie, is I started to stack these skills and these experiences so I knew what it felt like to be small. I knew what it felt like to be an underdog. And I've always been an advocate for that underdog. And I love promoting small businesses. Like I don't work with the big dogs and I don't really want to. I like putting my chips on the underdog and using my skills from marketing to really amplify them. In the music industry, I was quite literally amplifying voices because they were, you know, amplification of an amp that they're plugged into. Um, but then in the business world, it's helping them get found by the right, you know, client. It's helping them get found by the right partner. It's helping them build customer engagement and customer happiness and helping them get found online. And I get to do this on a daily basis. So when I, I started the podcast, it was really just stacking all these experiences together. The understanding of what it's like to feel muted and small, the curiosity I built from that, 
um, the love of the podcast industry, the growth mindset. I was listening to podcasts five to ten hours a week well before I started my own. So the love of podcasting, the love of listening, and the love of advocating for small to medium-sized businesses, again, I feel like I got lucky. I started a Rochester, New York business podcast as we started with. We talked a little bit about that. And then that Rochester, New York business podcast um, was basically that catapulted me into, you know, some popularity in my region here and building a business and replacing my sales executive income. But it really was one LinkedIn message at a time. Hey, would you like to come on the show? One podcast interview at a time doing the production, doing the promotion, doing the self-work and the reading and the listening and the self-study on the side, that each day I got a little bit better at podcasting. I got a lot a bit better at marketing. I got a lot a bit more comfortable in this virtual world. And then the Ben today, who, you know, caveat, is a massive work in progress. The Ben today is a completely different human than he was two years ago. And the people I serve, um, we're all beneficiaries of the work that I get to do every single day. So I want to stop there, Jackie, because I'm just passionate about this stuff. And I'm really just excited and humbled that I get to do this for a living. And I never imagined it would be this way, but I'm really happy it is. Well, tell me more about the podcast then, because I think that's that's obviously, uh, apart from the music, that the, the podcast hosting is something that you love doing. Did... Uh, did that start obviously when you started your own business and with the with the Rochester um, Business Connections Network? Um, what did you start that as a networking tool or as a learning tool? What 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 was it? Because it it obviously is a network. You're talking to people, but is it? It's not a network in in a conventional sense. Exactly. I mean, you named the big two. Um... Rochester Business Connections, local Rochester business podcast. It's very niche. Rather than being a tiny minnow in the sea of sameness, I was actually the biggest fish in the Rochester podcasting scene pretty quickly because I created a category of my own. But you, 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 named the, you nailed the big two. Um, it's an incredible networking tool where every day I got to meet someone that we have different skill sets, we have different experiences, but these were Rochester, New York business owners primarily. They knew something I didn't. I've never run a business. I've never done the books. I've never hired. I've never built processes and programs. I sold and fulfilled orders most of my career, which is incredible. But being a business owner is a completely different category. You have to wear so many hats. So every single day I got to learn from someone who was multiple steps ahead of me. Um, and they helped me turn years into weeks by the knowledge I got to learn from them. In addition to that, you mentioned it, it it's a great, uh, well, so the education and then the networking slash prospecting. I never went into an interview. I'm going to sell this person marketing services. But, you know, transparently, I knew that they were a business owner in Rochester, New York. So even if they weren't a good fit for my services, someone they know might be. So a lot of my clients weren't the people I had on my podcast, but the relationships with those people led to referrals and recommendations to people that became the clients. Um, so it was a great way to network and level up simultaneously, really not doing that much work. All you got to do is sit down 
ask questions, listen, shut up, and then implement the advice they give you. And the rest actually kind of comes pretty easy, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm taking it all on. I'm taking it. And I, and I, I'll watch the recording back and then take notes. So no, it's a fabulous way of, of networking, meeting people and, and getting to know people on a, on another level that you, that you don't necessarily get that, that opportunity to do in a, in other networking situations. Um, I mean, you are a great connector and you've made introductions for, for me to, to other people in, in your network, which is, which is brilliant. Where does that love of connecting come from? It goes back and we kind of touched on it when I was young and I was quiet. And my dad was always there for me, but he was drinking a lot and I just kind of felt disconnected. There's a joke in psychology that people get into psychology Find, uh, to figure themselves out <laughs> I want to be a psychologist and it sometimes it, it comes from a place of lack but I feel like when we're coming from a place of lack those can be our greatest strengths long term because yeah. I know what it feels like to feel disconnected and muted um, I'm new and ripe to business ownership but I know what it feels like to start something new and not knowing what the next step would be and I know what it feels like to be that person and I started the silly little podcast and people made tons of introductions and I built a lot of relationships in the community quickly because of the power of more than one, the power of community, the power of introductions. So it doesn't matter what place someone is in their career. I just know that it's really powerful. So I try to give more introductions than I take. I try to give more value than I take. Um, and that's why I made introductions to you. And I, Honestly, for anyone listening, I will do my best to provide value always. I can't give 10 introductions to everyone I meet. But when I see someone I really love or raw talent or someone I aspire to be like, I'd be silly not to start mingling and try to play matchmaker with my network because you can't have too much of a good thing in this scenario. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the the um, the, the sort of the, coming from a place of lack, and I wonder whether because when you when you look at what uh, at the links on your website, I mean, there are so many subheadings of of what you do, and so many hats that you have, like the um, the gratitude, yeah, gratitude, gratitude tells, um, and and obviously the, the the different things that are in there. Does that? I just wonder because I'd love to have it. It's that kind of mindset or space in my head that could actually take on that that sort of amount of stuff, new stuff, looking at looking at different ways. I mean, you're incredibly creative in what you do. It's your you're always seeming to put stuff out, whether it's on social media, whether it's the podcast, whether it's advocating, introducing, networking. Does does that come from from that that background as well? You know, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. I think sometimes it's me just running away from the goalpost. Um, as any business owner, anybody in a high high stakes role, any role actually, let's not be, let's do broader strokes because everybody experiences this. Work can be difficult and you're not 100% of what you do brings you joy. You need to do things that are difficult, stressful, and sometimes I feel like I'm just a really creative person and I could, if I wanted Jackie, I could stop posting on social media. I could stop doing podcasts and just take my CRM 
and start calling and pitching people and bring on more clients and only fulfill orders. But I really get joy out of creating the content. I really get joy out of launching a new idea. And I think this is a blind spot for me because I could serve and help more people if I wasn't all over the place. I think it's kind of like that entrepreneurship ADHD sometimes. I do believe I could fine tune and be a little more focused sometimes. But I get joy out of creating something new. And there's a great balance where my current clients and the clients I bring on they get my full attention, but since I'm not inundated with work, I'm not as stressed, and since I'm doing these other creative things that bring me joy, no, I'm not making more income today, but since I get to create these new projects on the side because I'm, you know, 70, 30, 70% clients, 30% just fun stuff, I feel like it's a good balance where I really like what I do. Yeah. So is the fun stuff, though, is it still work-related? It is, but um, I'll use Gratitude Sales as an example. We can go into that, but I started yeah. a merch line. I love it. I'm not selling any product because I haven't put any time into promoting it. So it's like it's kind of like a half-baked passion project, but like anything good in life, it takes discipline, it takes time, it takes work. Um, so I'm being hard on myself, but a lot of these side gigs – are passion projects and if i had a larger team oh my god i'd probably be a madman and i'd be putting people in different spots um, but i have a lot of projects that are in the works but not fully launched because at this time i really just don't have the team below me to to launch them and i'm open to feedback from you or anybody listening as to how i might be able to scale that because as we all know the most thing the difficult thing to do is scale yourself but we don't have to scale ourselves. We can hire and train. I just have so much going on that I haven't done that just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine it is very difficult. So, just very briefly, tell me how Gratitude Sales came about. Yeah. So I. We're not ending here. Just taking a quick break, and we'll be back very soon after we hear from our friend, fellow podcaster, and master of verbal communication, Andrew Thorpe. We're all in the persuasion business, whether that's pitching to a potential client, selling ourselves in a job interview, or convincing a teenager to tidy their room. How we frame our message and how we deliver it makes all the difference. And this is the theme of my podcast, Leaning Forward. I'm Andrew Thorpe. I'm a speaker, a trainer, and a storyteller. And I'd love you to tune in to our latest episode. So I came from a sales background. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. I'm not going to name any names. But oh, depending on the sales scenario, it can be very boiler room like the Wolf of Wall Street or Moneyball or any of these um, Glenn Glary, Gary, Glenn Ross, these movies where, you know, you make a phone call, you push someone into making a decision, you get the sale, you hit a gong, you get excited, you high fives, you take home a fat commission check, you spend the money, and all of this happiness comes from hurting someone. And I feel like this is only a fraction of salespeople. I think it's probably only about 5 to 10%. Um, but because of people like this and because of scenarios and sales teams like this, sales as a whole has gotten a bad name. It's gotten a dirty name. And I believe wholeheartedly that if you slow down 
you play the long game, you show gratitude. Like I'm happy to have people that are even willing to take my call. I'm so grateful for clients. I'm going to over deliver for them and deserve referrals. I'm so grateful for my last sale. So if I'm having like a bad freaking week or bad month or I'm in a bad place, um, again, confidence coming from memories of winning. I can be grateful for the last time I won, kind of seek into that energy, get into that state and be better and show up even on a rough day because of that gratitude. If I keep a gratitude journal of everything in my business life and all the wins I have, I can show up and do that every morning so I can show up every day and kick people's butt. Um, I believe that gratitude equals income, gratitude equals sales, but there's this common narrative that you need to close the person, you need to get the deal, you need to be high pressure, and I think that it's toxic, and I don't think it works in the 2020s. I think that the patient, holistic, grateful approach will actually lead to more sales in a salesperson. And here's the caveat. Even if it doesn't, even if you're plateaued and you stay exactly the same, Jackie, you're happier and more fulfilled in life. Yeah. Isn't that what's more important than even hitting your freaking um, quota? Isn't your happiness more important? So I started a merch line called Gratitude Sells. But I haven't promoted it at all. But that was the whole reason why I started that merch line. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And when I when I started my business a couple of years back now, um, I didn't know what content marketing was at all. I had no idea. I'd always wor I'd worked freelance, but I'd always worked for other people. It, uh, you know, they were the ones doing the marketing. They were the selling me. I didn't have to do anything. So I have been on a crash course of marketing over the over the last couple of years in, in lockdown as well. A similar story. I wasn't necessarily furloughed, but all of my work dried up and I, you know, I literally had to look at what I was going to do coming out the other side. And I knew I didn't want to go back to that. So I, you know, this kind of crash course in uh, YouTube, <laughs> basically, yeah. is just, you know, taking on and learning and joining networks where I could where I could learn as much as I possibly could. And that is a big thing that's really come out. And, and luckily, because I think that's where my heart lies, is that kind of value, gratitude led marketing, Get you giving value, being of benefit, just being there is is certainly the way that I think it works best. And it's, you know, when I, again, talk to people about their their talks, their presentations, that's where I would like them to start thinking about. A big word in my, in, in my values is humility. And I think that's, humility. yeah, that sort of comes back to that, that sort of, you know, gratitude and, and giving value. So what do you do for fun then? If you're, you're, you're kind of filling your time with all of this work and, you know, 30% of it is fun, but it's work related, being the creative that you are, do you use creativity for your well-being? I mean, and how, how do you look after yourself holistically outside of, of this in, incredible network of things that you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm just an ordinary, regular dude at the end of the day on Sundays. I'll watch football at times for nine hours because it starts at one and it ends at 1130 in my time. So watch football all day on Sundays sometimes. Just sit back, relax, take a day off. I love camping um, with my girlfriend and I. We'll go camping. We'll, what really lights me up is where I can camp and see music. 
So I like going to overnight music festival events where I can be outside, be in nature, maybe take a hike during the day, see music at night, fall asleep to the crickets and the flies, and sometimes the rain dripping through my tent. I need to figure that one out. Um, but really just being outside and um, doing things that light me up like music and sports and Honestly, I spend a lot of time reading and writing, which is still kind of business oriented, um, but it helps me keep me focused. And I, I just love learning something new every day as well. Mm. So what what advice would you give to, to a, a newbie coming into the into the business world, not even into marketing? But how, how would you recommend they they sort of start to put their put their business out to the world? Yeah. So first off, let's start with mindset and understanding that you're good enough now and only getting better. You are good enough now and you're only going to get better. Um, so use the tools in your toolbox when you start. We all have a unique story. We all have a unique value set. So one thing, if we're talking specifically social media or marketing, I would tell my story. I talk about why I do what I do. I talk about, you know, I don't know, for my example is, you know, I was a kid, I was a short kid, I had a jersey for every single day of the week, I wanted to be a basketball player, don't even remember washing these jerseys, I think my mom washed them for me, thank God, um, and nowadays, I, I was I was destined to be five foot seven, five foot eight on a good day, it depends on what mood I'm in, um, I was never going to be a basketball player, but where I get to grow is not in height, where I get to grow is helping businesses achieve their dreams. So all I did is take something, I just did that on the spot. I took something that was true when I was younger and I connected it to why I do what I do. So tell your stories, connect them to why you do what you do and create products and services. Um, this is a, a very simple thing. Create products or ser and services for what you needed two years ago, one year ago, five years ago, six weeks ago. If you can create a business around who you used to be and turn what would have, it took you five years. If you can take that five years and turn it into six months for someone who is in the same position you used to be, you will be able to serve millions. And at the, you don't need millions. You could serve tens, if not hundreds of those people. Um, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Do what you needed. Um, and the last thing I want to say, because I'm just kind of, drop in a lots of different pieces of knowledge as they come to my mind is survey your people because the language when I say growth when I say amplify people with marketing um, when I say a holistic approach at marketing that might not resonate with someone else so don't just assume that your language patterns is exactly what your customer or target market says or does or feels when I say something like um let me try to think of a good example here. When when you say something like, I help people achieve their dreams, some people in the corporate world would rather you hear, hear you say, I am a leadership coach for C-suite. Help people achieve their dreams, leadership coach for C-suite. You're doing the same thing. However, you kind of want to adopt your messaging based on what your people want because you're there to serve them. So go in in your own personal truth. But if you get feedback on what your target market actually needs, 
chameleon and pivot a little bit. You can offer the exact same product, the exact same solution, but be a chameleon because it's not about us. It's really not about us. It's about who we get to serve, how we get to serve them, and the results they get from working with us. So that's like a lot of different tangents, Jackie, but that's that's a few of the things I would say. Yeah, no, that's that's great advice. Great advice. So where did where did you start then with with your own marketing when you very first started? Did you on social media were you making videos, reels? You know, where where did you where did you start? I started with the podcast, and I I don't want to re say a lot of this stuff, but to to kind of concisely bring that back up, I started by networking with people and clicking record. It was that simple. Um, by starting a podcast and you don't have to start a podcast guys. You could start a blog. You could start a photo series. Um, if you're a graphic designer, maybe you do graphic design for, you can do infographics for like a research study. Um, if you're a photographer, you can take pictures of things for free. If you have a unique skill, you can volunteer that skill at a charity event and get some free sponsorship through that. I did something that was mostly free podcast. There is a small investment, but all I did is click record during my networking conversations. And that's where I started creating content. And then a lot of my original content was me just sharing the things that I learned in that conversation. So I'd have a long form conversation. I'd share it. Then I'd reflect and then I'd make another post on maybe the three biggest takeaways that I learned from my conversation with Jackie. Um, so I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or do something. I didn't have to make up content and reels out of thin air. Really, the way I created content was by collaborating with brilliant people and learning from them and kind of just being – I was like uh, – they were my mentor and I was the mentee and I was just documenting the process. That's all I was doing. Uh, it's, oh, well, I wonder, <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, I have one-to-one conversations from, that, that come from networking. Um, is that the sort of thing you recorded or were they actually sort of podcasts? It, it was a podcast, but the right. beauty about clicking record and there's an audience is people show up as their best self. They're not on their phone texting. Most of the time they're not thinking about their next meeting a great guest and most people I meet are fully present because they want to show up as their best self. Mm. So it was a networking like conversation, but it was more of like a mentor mentee role where I was asking questions. They were answering them. But I know personally, some people are different. Jackie, when someone were to reach out and say, Hey Ben, I'd like to buy you coffee and pick your brain. In most cases, I'm cool with that, but I don't like the metaphor of picking a brain. It kind of makes me nauseous. I don't really like it. And I believe today, and I give my time, like, I love spending time with people, but my time is more valuable than a cup of coffee. So instead of asking someone, can I pick your brain, I just ask them, can I record a podcast with you? And I did what people say is picking their brain. I was their mentee. But since I was providing an audience, since I was providing documentation, since I was providing a video they could share on their website, they put their chips on me. Even though I was the guy taking their time, I had something valuable to offer as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you have guested on 
hundreds i would say how, how many podcast guesting spots have you done have you done where you've you've not been the, the host but you've been the guest one day maybe hundreds i would have to go so one thing and this is a side note tip guys anytime you do things anything of even the smallest significance write it down i only started doing this um i started it in very uh was march of 2021 i started documenting all my speaking appearances all my small wins um, the biggest ones go on the website, even the tiniest ones. I, I know I keep them in my journal, but you start documenting it and then you look back and you're like, oh, my gosh. I am way cooler than I thought I was. And I'm actually <laughs> confidence comes from memories of winning. You are yeah. a winner. You would not be a winner. You clearly are a winner because of all these great things you're doing and you're good enough now and you're only getting better. So I started documenting. I'd have to go to my list. But I think the number's around 75, Jackie. Yeah, it's not, no. I, it's not it, in the hundreds, but I wanted to do over 50 this year. And I think I'm right around the 50 mark for this year. And think about this, gang. That's only an hour or two a week, once a week. And what you get to learn by guesting is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very very grateful to have you here. So so, what's next then? What's what's in the future for for the marketing company for the podcast? Are you looking to step on a stage anytime soon? Have you sort of got that keynote? What what's next? Yeah, as you kind of we kind of mentioned earlier, I'm doing lots of different things. So I've got a million ideas. I do want to. We kind of broad stroked how I started my podcast local based networking podcast to coincide with my business I want to quantify everything I did and turn that into a PDF or a course so anyone from a new business owner to a college student that just graduated can start a locally based podcast and scale their mission through networking using podcasting so I'm going to create that course um, I love podcast guesting, so I want to long-term offer that as a service to my clients, book them on podcasts because I know exactly how to do that properly. Um, and then everything I'm doing with the marketing firm, just continuing to inject steroids into that, hopefully bring on some new team members soon and grow the marketing firm as I tackle some of these side projects as well. Yeah. And is the music still in there? You're still doing sort of music advocacy oh yeah i'm i am at i'm probably at a show every single weekend some weekends i'll go to two or three other weekends i'll take the weekend off but on a weekly basis i'm seeing music it is my recharge it's my refresher i don't talk about it all the time because it's behind the scenes but music and fun and creativity that's one of the things that keep me sane jackie yeah yeah do you play an instrument I play guitar and drums poorly. Um, I can pretend. I can get by for a song or two, but my musician friends will quickly shoo me away because I'm not very good. <laughs> yeah, you're better at wearing the merch. You're just, yeah. Yeah, and promoting them and, and yeah. doing. I don't want to throw anybody in the bus. Musicians don't always have a good business sense, but their product is incredible music, and they're incredibly freaking good at it. So they need people like me or potentially you to help them 
actually get that voice and get it heard by as many people as possible. Yeah, I'm not so good on the on the marketing side. Uh, I'll send them to you. That's <laughs> yeah, but you can help them work the crowd because one thing that I find is really heartwarming is when after the song, they can tell maybe like a 45 second story or you know a moment of gratitude for the crowd if you can bring the crowd into the experience it's not just like listening to music in your headset it's a live experience so jackie i think you could help teach musicians how to work a crowd and kind of mc beyond the songs they're writing that well that would be great see that's not that's an area that i hadn't even thought of so there yeah I might, might 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 have to do that so where do you get your podcast guests from i'm sure now they they come to you um but in the beginning you you went on linkedin and you just kind of approached people so i went on linkedin i am a suny brockport alumni um so i reached out to suny brockport alumni business owners you can tell what's, i'm very formulaic what's that um suny means state um state university new york right so it's a a new york state school um, not the biggest school, not the best school, but the best I could get into because I was not a good student at the time. So I'm just being transparent with you guys. So I reached out to other SUNY Brockport alumni and I said, hey, I'm an alumni too. I just launched a business. Congrats on making it big time. And then I would go into, at the time it was just a vision. I'm looking to start this local business podcast. Um Obviously, you know a lot of things that I don't know, and I think you can bring a ton of value to our community. Would you be interested in being on the show? And most people that were connectors looking – that's the beautiful thing about making an ask. People are going to say no. People are going to ignore you. People are going to never accept that LinkedIn request. But the people that do, those are your people. Those are your collaborators. Those are your tribe you think about like a networking tree they're the people at the bottom they're your core base and then you nowadays i make as many introductions as possible i didn't know anybody at the time they made introductions to me so i could continue growing that networking tree to now i have a huge rolodex of people that i know um, but those were my core group suny brockport alumni business owners now that my podcast is marketed for a national audience. I, Jackie, listen to minimum five to 10 hours of podcast per week. If you were to actually look at it, it might be more like 20, especially if I have a long ride, maybe eight hours straight. Yeah. So the way I find most of my guests is actually by listening to them on a podcast. I will listen to a podcast, go, I need to learn from this person. That is a brilliant story. And I'll do what I did from the start. I'll send them a LinkedIn request. Hey, I listen, Jackie, I listened to you on XYZ podcast. I had XYZ takeaways. Thank you for, you know, just doing what you do. You're incredible. If they connect with me, if they don't connect with me, I move on. I still learned a ton from them. There's no, this is a winner's game. Yeah. If they don't connect, you still learn from them. You didn't lose. If they connect, then I'll make an offer for them to be on the podcast. So I'm hand-selecting guests. Um, when I started, it was just anybody who's willing to come on. And nowadays, I have a little bit more autonomy um, that people are pitching me all day. But I don't want to be pitched. I'll If you pitch me, I'll listen to a episode because I'm choosing. It's kind of like back to the music thing. It's kind of like being a producer and choosing your talent. Mm -hmm. I want to hear someone speak 
before I hire them to speak. And it helps that I love podcasting because I'll, I'll take any pitch, but I'll go and I'll listen to a podcast first to see if I think it'll be a good fit. Brilliant. Oh, well, there's been some amazing advice in here, Ben. I'm just so grateful. There's so much, uh, so much value in this. Really, really. So thank you so much for coming on. Confidence is, uh, what was, what's that? Confidence comes from memories of memories winning. Memories of winning. That's, a, what, I, that's you, what I'm going to take away. And a win can be, I wrote in my journal today. Yeah. A win can be as small as you want. I, I sh had time to shower. I woke up five minutes early. <clears throat> I woke up five minutes early and I took a short walk. Don't feel like you need to be like the person on Instagram. Don't feel like you need to be like Jackie or me or Brene Brown or Obama or the Pope or any of these people. Be the best you and stack those small wins, yeah. even the smallest win. Because I'll say it one more time, confidence comes from memories of winning. Confidence comes from memories of winning. I'm going to I'm going to use that. I've got a newsletter going out tomorrow. It will be in there. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Excellent. Well, I mean, I I know you you're not here to, to promote anything at all, but I do have your website here, so I would love to be able to share that. Cool. So if anybody's interested in what uh, Ben is doing, then head to balbertmarketing.com. And they can they can find you there. Is there is there anything else or anywhere else they can find you or anything that you'd like them to look at specifically? Yeah, balbertmarketing.com is great. Again, for anyone listening, it's just B and then Albert, like Albert Einstein, marketing.com. So B albertmarketing.com. Or if you were to type into Google Real Business Connections, you'll find my podcast, my website. Um, I'd love for you to listen to the podcast, but what would be even better and less work than going and subscribing and listening to like 10 episodes of my show, you're here with us today listening to Jackie's show. This could be your first episode. It could be your fifth. It could be your 15th. If you haven't left Jackie a review, it would mean the world to both of us if you went and did that. If you subscribed so you would be notified for all her episodes, because believe it or not, just one little kind deed like leaving that review with collective impact can blow this show up and get more listeners like yourself listening to Jackie. So I'd love if people listen to Real Business Connections, but that's a whole new step. We're already listening to this show. So leave a review for this show and we'll go from there. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that out. I'm gonna put that all over my socials. Brilliant. <laughs> Please do. Brilliant. Please Thank do. you. Thank you so much for your time today, Ben. It's been amazing to talk to you. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, then please leave a five-star review on whichever platform you're on. And if you'd like to receive information about future guests or would like to know more about Power to Speak coaching, then sign up for our fortnightly newsletter at powertospeak.co.uk. And remember... If you, like all of us, are in the persuasion business and need inspiration or tips on the art of verbal communication, then tune in to Leaning Forward with our friend Andrew Thorpe. Find Leaning Forward on your favourite podcast platform. Bye for now.